All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Movie Review Crew Podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is movie. <laughs> oh, smooth intro. It's on me or you? You did you forget what you were saying? No, someone was wiping their mustache. How does that stop you from speaking? Because I heard it, and I was like, mm. "Are we getting static?" Oh no, it's just Aaron <laughs> cleaning his face with a an napkin. Apple. I had to rush and eat my apple fritter before the show started. Apple fritter. Because I didn't want you guys to hear. Well, we and were, you just yeah. did it anyway. While while I do appreciate that, you also could have just eaten it before we started the show. We, instead of two, two seconds before big, we started the show. You saw it. It was huge. It wasn't that big. It was huge. We're still talking about the croissant, right? Maybe. Depends on what Matt saw. Yeah, Matt, what did you see? I didn't see a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> Time out. I'm actually saying like a real thing, and you said croissant, <laughs> like K W S S A N T. Yeah, that's how you said it. Croissant. Speaking of which, I'm practically like the smartest man in the universe. I read a dictionary on air. We heard. <laughs> yep. And we heard you, you gave us the definition we, of the letter A. We heard Dude. you lose your place. <laughs> In the dictionary and have to try and Flip find paper. where you were. Well, on calcium gluconate. Yeah. And then I didn't and then I didn't know how to say the the Yeah, it's the like Mike never took it. high school chemistry. Okay, you you know what, man. <laughs> I forgot like I'll be honest, I know it's like C twelve, H two, whatever. But then like it was just one calcium. Do I say one calcium or do I just say calcium? Seems very open ended if there's if it's just calcium, how much? But if it's just well, one, it's, it's funny when you, you see abbreviate what I'm when when you shorten carbon and hydrogen and then you just say the word calcium, it's very jarring. <laughs> I don't see. I don't know. It's, you know what, man? I don't need your judgment. I'm the host of this show. Mm-hmm. I run this this ferry like a ship, small straight sh- into the ground, a small ship, a ferry. Yeah. Oh, I I thought you meant like a fairy because we're talking about Pan's Labyrinth. Ah, we are. That is a great transition. <laughs> Look at that. Look at how that, that works Good. out, man. That's great. I didn't even do that on purpose. It's just, I believe know. you. <laughs> we have an excellent episode, guys. We are getting into movies coming out to DVDs this week. We also have a review of the box offices from last week. Um... And a review of Pan's Labyrinth, the final installation of our Oscar month, which is a week late because of snow. So, if you want to check out last week's episode, they are absolute gems. Right, guys? Um, mm. They're excellent episodes. Perhaps I can... skip them. <laughs> they're only 15 I mean, minutes, but that was the longest we... 15 minutes I listened Mike, to. Mike, I want to I give you, you know, credit. For trying to trying, provide content succeeding. on your own. Succeeding. However, when there's nobody else in the room for you to bounce off of. So yeah. No. Maybe maybe you should maybe you should have someone in the room with you. Wow. Also, I love how he so the woman that was nominated for an Oscar for the movie The Favorite, which is a very, very famous movie, 
nominated for an Oscar. Sure. He says, oh, so-and-so was nominated for The Favorite. That's two things I've never heard of, her or that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I really? actually did laugh pretty hard at hey, that. Hey, that is a I mean, honesty. Okay, honestly, I haven't heard of Olivia Colman before That's The Favorite. That's what I'm saying. But I've heard of The Favorite because, you know, the Oscars. And when you're doing an Oscars recap. Well, as somebody who does not pay attention to The Oscars, yeah. I actually am in uh, Camp Mike on this one. I have uh, no idea what that movie is. That's what I'm saying, dude. You're going to call me out for The Favorite, but you're not going to call me out for The Green Book? Oh, I'll call you out for The Green Book. Yeah. Also, it's just called Green Book, not The Green Book. Is this kind of like the Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But no, those are awful episodes, but I think someone might get some enjoyment out of mm-hmm. them. Mike uh, was super excited because he got the chance to say finger hole And he made himself air. laugh. <laughs> I made myself laugh on probably too many occasions. Yeah. So, like I said, check those out. And you can also check out all of our other episodes on our website, Movie Review Crew. Dot com and request a movie right on our homepage. Again, that's moviereviewcrew.com. We are doing uh, listener requests for the entire month of March. So get those in as soon as you can. Moving on, guys. What are the movies coming out this week to DV Dizzle? Um, starting out, if you are somehow a fan of Mark Wahlberg's movies, Instant Family comes out. Yay! Mm-mm. Uh, Creed 2 comes out. Hey, the I haven't seen that one. I didn't know they got back together. I thought they broke up like 15 years ago. Mm. Look at this photograph! That's the wrong band. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> same same energy, though. <laughs> <laughs> With arms <laughs> Like that. All right, give me one sec. No, please, gosh, no. <laughs> uh, also coming out, uh, Mike's f- f- most well-known movie of the year, The Favorite, comes out on DVD. And oh, yeah. Free Solo, the documentary about the uh, free free climber guy mm-hmm. that won mm-hmm. Oscar. Yep. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, previews for that. Uh, it looks pretty crazy. The guy climbs a rock. I mean, he's a giant idiot. Well, yeah. And there's Creed. Mm-hmm. Is this Creed or Creed Two? Uh, oh, this must be Creed <laughs> this Two. This is the, the first one. I couldn't find any of this for the second one. <laughs> Okay, can can we can we also can we, coming can out? Stop the... Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges and Ben is back. Coming out is uh, Jude Law and Natalie Portman and Vox Lux, and that's it. I, I th- okay, Mike, Mike, please, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike, you are just inviting a lawsuit. <laughs> you really are. Like, I think we're definitely past the ten seconds yeah. for copyright. No, we were talking over it, so I think that's. That's fair. That's fair use. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> well, all we no. So actually, I looked this up. Check, and actually, I we think just had to give credit for it in the. Uh... No, I don't. I mean, I don't. Listen. Well, that was some song by Creed. I, don't I know. that's higher, by the way. Uh, and I thought it would fit because we were talking about a mountain climber when I started. However, we did change the actual song because we were talking over it and we used it as a, a sound bed. So I think there's some standing. However, we can get whatever away with whatever we want to use if we review it. So that song by. Cream. I give it a zero. See? Perfect. We're good. <laughs> All right. That's it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Box office numbers now. I, I, okay, I'll be honest, though. Anything worth... I didn't listen. 
Um, I, I mean, maybe Creed 2 if you're into that thing. Creed 2, I mean, Vox Lux. I didn't see Creed 1 because I've already seen, what, like 150 Rocky movies? There's only, and you only really need to see the first Rocky and yeah. then which, whichever one where he fights Mr. T. Is that Rocky 3? Yes. Okay, yeah, just those two. Creed was really good, though. And Okay. It, okay. And because of uh, Creed, we got Black Panther. I haven't seen that either, but. It's the same director, Ryan Coogler, who's up and coming. Like, I mean, not up and coming anymore, but he's a good director. He's put out like three or four solid movies. Okay, moving on. You don't seem interested. I mean, if you consider Black Panther, I have anything better. Than I still have not seen it. anything better than a good movie. No, I mean it was not Oscar nominated. Hey, uh, number one on the box office results from the weekend. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Mm-hmm. That made another 30 millies. I haven't seen any of those movies. You're so... Can we just preface this by saying, God, there's a lot of bad movies out right now. Hold on. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World? I bet it's pretty good. But it's all right. Yeah. Dude, have you... The first bet, one... Bet I haven't seen any of them. The first one's worth seeing. I haven't seen anything after that, though. This is what, probably three or four? I have no three. idea. Three? Yep. Uh, well, second, they, mm, hmm. yeah. Anyways, three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> second on the list, uh, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. This is Tyler Perry's last Medea movie, right? He said he's retiring Medea. I think so. Actually, but it's like based on the amount of money that made, I don't believe it. I don't. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know what the budget is. I'm gonna guess was. not twenty-seven million. Oh, for a Medea movie? <laughs> is that how much it made? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. In its opening week, yeah. Opening weekend. Alita Battle Angels come come in. Mm-hmm. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> Alita Battle Angel comes in at third, making $7 million on its third week. It is set to lose. Almost $100 million. Yeah, we're sitting Woo! at 98. I bet that gets closer That's to That's what like happens 85. when you make a movie that don't look like it's going to be any good. For that much money. A $170 million budget. I really want to see Mortal Engines, by the way. Mm-hmm. I really do. It doesn't look... Yeah, then you and the I... one other person in the world that saw it can discuss it. <laughs> yeah. I I looked at the trailer and I was like... This this doesn't look Independence Day Resurgence bad. Very few movies are. I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> but what I was it expecting. Looked, it, it looked but like that, it was trying to be that bad. I know. I mean, we can't. That's not our lowest rated movie anymore, right? So we can't really. Uh, oh yeah, it's not. Uh, is it? What's not? that Gosling movie I made Shane watch? Oh god. When he lost his coin flip. Only God forgives. Yeah. Nope, no. No, I thought it was Twilight was it's our Twilight. lowest. Yeah, oh, I was Twilight. <laughs> Forgot about that. Twilight only God forgives and then ind- Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, weird. Ooh, so Independence Day Resurgence is no, is our third worst Here's now. So weird, we can't we uh, can't talk crap a on weird it anymore. connection to today's episode. The Oscar winning cinematographer for Pan's Labyrinth went on to do Twilight movies. How about that? And those are atrocious. From any aspect, true. especially a cinematography aspect. Very true. Um, I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen any of them, but I believe you. I wouldn't. Fr- Just <sighs> Google the baseball scene. <laughs> Just do it. I don't want to. Just <laughs> trust me. It's only about ten minutes, and you do want to. Ten see minutes. It. 
That's them playing baseball. You do want to see it. It's bad. You do want to see it. I don't want to see that. Edward's fast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Where where are we? Uh, The Lego Movie 3? I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, technically, it is, (laughs) according to the title, it is the second part of the second movie. I mean, there was a Lego Batman movie in between these two, so technically... Wasn't uh, there like five? There's a Ninjago movie. I don't know, yeah, man. There's uh, Lego everything now. Lego Movie Two, the second part, uh, comes in at six million dollars. It's fourth on the list, and Green Book, the Green Book, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> is fifth on the list. Did you guys hear? Remember how we talked about how Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is the was in theaters forever? Uh huh. And they're it's so good. re-entering it into theaters yeah. after it won its Oscar. Yeah. Go see it. It's such a good movie. Holy crap. It's still in 2,404. Uh, Goodness. Dude, after 12 weeks. Hey, guess what? It deserves it. No, Go see I, it. And I, and I Go see it. it in theaters. It's definitely a cinema-worthy experience, that movie. I mean, but Jesus. Uh, but Jesus. But Jesus. <laughs> yeah, star. I just saw that, too. A star's porn was $36 million budget. And over two hundred million dollars, dude, and it's still in twelve hundred theaters yeah. after twenty. Gaga years. has that star power, man. I'm not sure that's why people are saying it. I don't know. I mean, that's that's probably a huge reason. Yeah, I bet that that's about half. Probably all of the buzz around the Oscars and the and great word of mouth. Yeah, Brad Coops. Brad, yeah, our guy B, B. Coops. <laughs> I like that. That's a good. That one's gonna <laughs> stick. Our most anticipated film of the year is still on the list. Glass, by the way, guys, is at 18th. Man. It only a... made $900,000 this week. But overall, it's at $110 I'm actually, million. I'm surprised that that is still in theaters with how mediocre that movie was. Well, it's only in, it's not in a lot. And that might just be like the late release, like the dollar theaters oh, or whatever that you call Dude, be. but yeah. I, I bet, so that movie was like shot in Philadelphia and that's where... What's his face is from Shyamalan, so I bet that there's still a lot of theaters in Philly playing this. And Philly's a big city, maybe it's like the third biggest city in the U.S. That's I don't. You made that up. Bet he's gonna Google it. Yep. I mean, don't deny that you made it up. You might be right, but you still made that up off the top of your head. Yeah, sixty-seven percent of statistics are made up <laughs> on the spot. You can't just say that. That sounds made up. How big is Philadelphia? 1.4, I'm sorry, 141.7. Good. Miles. Answered that question. Yep. Miles. There's there's no unit of measurement <laughs> there. Just... <laughs> it's, yeah, 141 square miles, guys. Oh, well, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why don't you just Google the three biggest cities in America? Why don't we just disregard we know, this? The people oh, know. boy. The people don't want to know. The people want to know. I think Mike wants to know. List of United States cities by population. <clears throat> New York. Uh-huh. It's sixth. You were wrong. Los Angeles. Philadelphia. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Philadelphia is four. Uh, coming in at five is also Philadelphia. And six is also Philadelphia. All right. But I I will stand by my statement that it is the third best. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's Proven move. wrong. Gonna stand by it anyway. I like your style. Well, you know, I'll learn from the best. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth. Are we, are we there? Mm-hmm. I sure. 
We are now. <laughs> All right. Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. <clears throat> El Labyrinto del Fauna. Mm-hmm. Rated R. It's an hour 58 minutes long. That's the original title, Matt, if you were confused. No, I'm, I'm aware. You want me to say it again? All right, I will. El Labyrinto del Fauna. That's good. Come on, that's sexy. I like how you mm. uh, went for the same deep voice narrator guy. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, thank you. In the Falangist, Spain. All right, Mike. Uh, that F-A-L-A-N-G-I-S-T. Falangist? Phalangist? Sure. Okay. Of 1944, the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. Written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, starring <laughs> Ivana Baquero, Ariana, Ar- I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ariana. Oh, was that a trill? No. Was that your Ariana. There we go. <laughs> we apologize to all of our Spanish-speaking listeners. I just want to... Sergi Lopez... Maribel Verdu. <laughs> it's getting worse. Doug Jones. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's one Mike can handle. <laughs> uh, Doug Jones, he must have been the uh, he was, actual he was pan. The, the, he was the fauno. Yeah. He's the same guy. He worked with Guillermo del Toro in uh, the Hellboy series. He was the water guy. And oh. he was the shape of water guy. Oh, interesting. So, so apparently, still uh, haven't seen that movie. Don't. <laughs> like I said, this is Oscar month or the extension of Oscar month. How many Oscars was this movie nominated for? Five. Five. One. Two, Wrong, three, stupid. Four, five. What? Six. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's best foreign language film of the year. Yeah, that's an Oscar. But it says Mexico. That's mm. neither the name of the, the movie... Nor, like, do, does Mexico have its own Oscars? I'm confused. In the foreign language category, they say from which country the movie is from. Oh. The more you know. How many Oscars did this movie win? You can't keep looking, Aaron. Well, the computer faces me. Two, three, three. Three? Ooh, it, it, it did good. Three. Name them. Uh, best foreign language film. No. Best visual effects. Mm, strike no. two. And... Why the hell would I pick it? Lighting. Strike three. You're right. I mean, kind <laughs> of. I don't think lighting is an Oscar. I don't know. Art cin- direction yeah. and cinematography. Whatever. Yeah, we'll just put yeah. uh, that under lighting. Yeah. Congrats, you got one. Yay! And best achievement in, in makeup. Uh, also best writing, original screenplay, best achievement in music written for motion pictures, and best foreign language. So click on that, uh, well, like I was talking about, click on that cinematographer. And he, look what he did after well, this. I got two. No. He said foreign language film. It was only yeah. nominated. It didn't win. Oh. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Oh, we're just going to knock Night at the Museum? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, a, yeah. That's, a, that's a good <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, I think we are. Uh, Where am I? Blood Brothers? Oh, that's a short. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Okay, that actually was that a good was movie. That's a good one. The Resident. I Am Number 4. Whew. Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Twilight Saga mm-hmm. Breaking Dawn Part 2. Specific Rim. Night at the Museum, The Secret Tomb. Okay. 
about Pacific Rim. Specific. While that movie Sucks. is not a very good movie. It's a very fun movie. It is a very fun movie, and it is fantastically shot. Yeah. it's It's got a very Guillermo del Toro feel. So, I never saw the second one. Oh, neither did I. After that watching that first... one looked like a Independence Day resurgence type of movie. <laughs> Y'all ever seen Atlantic Rim? No. Yes. No, I have not. It is a sci fi original where they, you know, there's... made up the Atlantic Rim. Yeah. It's not a real <laughs> thing, but they did it anyway. I don't. You sound surprised. No. Oh, okay. The film gets. 95% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. They took away, by the way, the average score. Really? On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. Really? So the the thing that matters, they took away? I mean... I know that like it's not there on the mobile view, but I thought it was still available on uh, desktop nope, view. Nope, gotta click. We're good. We just gotta click more info. Uh... We're good. See, because I think the score matters more than... Because you could be... Like every eighty percent isn't the same. You could be eighty percent with an average score of six and a half, or eighty percent with an average score of nine. True, true, yeah. true, 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 so. true, 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 true. Uh, Eight point five nine out of ten from the critics. I don't know if there's a way to do. It was on there, was it? Yeah, from audience. Yep. Oh, eight point two. Look at you. This this I saw this this morning when I was prepping for the show, and I was like, this is this isn't good. This is gonna just screw with me more than. More than a lot of things in my life. Um, yeah, clicking one extra button really throws a wrench. It's a lot of work, <laughs> man. <laughs> Have you ever had to click an extra button before? I haven't, but I thought Mike would be able to handle it. It's Mike. Yeah, yeah for real. Pan's Labyrinth is Alice in Wonderland for grown-ups with the horrors of both reality and fantasy blended together into an extraordinary spellbinding fable. I picked this movie, guys. You did. I had heard about it for a long time. I was interested in it. However, post seeing it. This is your first time? Yes. Hmm. With you. (laughs) Uh, Post seeing this movie. Oh, I didn't know I had to read it. Uh. I mean, I did not know. (laughs) You didn't. I thought it was. This is like, this is probably. If you ask people. If they've ever seen a foreign language film, and they have, this is probably the one most people have seen. Hmm. Yeah. It's, what do you want uh, from me? I'm just saying. like. Okay. So, uh, I'm not going to knock it this episode for having to read it. That's fine. You know? Like, whatever. Reading's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but the two things that I thought I would get more of, I wanted more pans. Yeah. They only did have he- one kitchen scene. Right. I wanted more labyrinths. Yeah, there was only one big, very important labyrinth. And David Bowie wasn't even in this movie. Correct. I thought he would be. And he wasn't. And that's disappointing. How long are we going to keep this going? I really wish that Mike had meant to pick that movie and picked Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> on accident. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Labyrinth was nominated for any Oscars. Oh, hey, It might have been. Yeah, dude. It, I just, it would have been better if Mike... I had actually meant to pick Labyrinth and just accidentally picked Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that's something he would do, not knowing the title of either <laughs> one. <laughs> you know, I I believe it. No, so, but in all, in all honesty, though, this film, I, I picked it solely because of cinematography, and I, 
Wasn't a fan. Yeah, man. I mean, not not even man. It, it was, was good. It was well done, but but that, Oscar winning. Yeah, especially. I don't want to. I mean, yes. I don't want to argue like who deserved to win, but this one over uh, Children of Men, which I think, and I mean, come on, Emmanuel Lebeski, he's done well for himself since then, but that was fantastic. That was one of the yeah. Yeah, this, I think that's one of my highest rated films that we have reviewed. The ba- the Black Dahlia it won over. The Illusionist, which is I don't really care for that movie. And actually, The Prestige. Yeah, Prestige. With was Wally good. Fister as their cinematographer. The Prestige was really good. The Illusionist yeah. was good too. By the way, I don't know if you guys like The Prestige a whole lot, but that's I think one of my favorite films. Yeah, because Hugh Jackman is a fantastic actor. Yeah, and it's got this really cool theme of like showing the prestige, mm. and then you have this like wait, this the suspense the entire movie of the prestige, mm. you know, and then you finally get it, and you're like, wow, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I see this? Mm. Mm. We're not talking about that this film though, <laughs> in this episode though. So give me give me your first thoughts of uh, Pan's Labyrinth. My well, first thought, basically the same thing. I I mean, I really, really do like this movie. I, unlike you, I don't care that I have to read a movie. As long as it's a good movie, I'm fine. Right. And this is. I like how, I mean, the, the, that synopsis mentioned the horrors of real life and this fantasy. Really, the real life was the real horror. There wasn't much of a horror element. I probably wouldn't even consider this a horror movie at all. But I really like it. That's a good story. Why? I don't, it just keeps you. I think the story is good. It keeps you engaged. The the uh, it won for art direction, which the creature designs, the fantasy, the world element designs, the mixture of that fantasy and reality, and what's going on with this girl. I mean, all of it is handled like visually. It's great, and that's probably one of Guillermo's Del Toro's best movies. To, for me, yeah, okay. So, until Scary Stories comes out this year, I'm so excited for that. It's not a kids movie. Is that the one with Jack Black? No. You're thinking of Goosebumps? Oh. Isn't Scary Stories We Tell in the Dark? Isn't that a kids movie? Um. So it is a book that was originally made for children, and then I think it got pulled from a lot of like libraries and stuff because it was super dark and really not kid appropriate. And now Guillermo del Toro's uh, turning it into a movie, which he's I not am even directing it. You just producing it. I think it? he's. I think he's just producing it. But um, I am looking forward to it because it will probably be good. Isn't there a favorite or a famous uh, actor with the name Guillermo? I don't know. Sure, I don't know. Right. I thought Guillermo del Toro looked different. <laughs> oh. I'll figure it out. Anywho. You won't, probably. I will, and then you'll judge me. <laughs> well, we're going to do that anyway. Um, but no, Aaron is right. This is a very, very good movie. Um, I love the you know dark fantasy juxtaposed against like fascist Spain in World <laughs> War II. I don't know what Aaron's <laughs> laughing at because I can't see the computer screen. But he fell over in his chair. What 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 is somebody needs to explain this to me? He What's happening? The, he found the famous actor named Guillermo. It's Benicio del Toro. 
<laughs> oh my word! Oh, good, good job, Mike. It was half right. Good yeah, the job, Del Toro part. Yeah. Good, good job, Mike. I was like, God, this you I thought s- Benicio del Toro directed this? <laughs> oh boy! No, no, I knew Guillermo did. But you thought he looked like Benicio? I, I don't. Thought they I don't were know. like the same person. <laughs> They're like brothers, right? I don't know. Oh my gosh. They have the exact same name and everything. Oh boy, oh boy. Okay. I wasn't it didn't take me long to find it. <laughs> you apparently knew exactly who I you were like, talking I about. Oh god, it's he was the dude in uh Sicario. Whew. <sighs> Man. Yep. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think we I think we had just wrapped up our first thoughts. Yeah. So this what did you guys think of the storyline of this film? I like I, it. Yeah, I liked it. I I was expecting something different, and I think that that hampers my view of this film. I was expecting, as a labyrinth... More David Bowie. As a labyrinth-involved film, isn't a labyrinth something where you can't escape and you're trapped? It's like a, it's a maze. Right. Yeah. And like I thought she would be trapped in it, and that's what I was looking forward to. Nope. It's not. Nope. And that's why you, I picked you this wanted film. you wanted the movie Labyrinth. I wanted a Minotaur. <laughs> there was a a fauno, and then a guy with eyeballs on his hands. Hand eye. Hand, hand eye guy. Yeah. Hand eye. <laughs> hand eye guy. Exactly. <laughs> and it it just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Well, that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make it not good. I like how. I mean, no. it's. It's a good movie, like about, uh, like this is what you would think. This girl's stuck in a terrible situation, and she has to create this fantasy world to escape it. Yeah, I didn't think she, she created a fantasy world at all. I thought it was real. Uh, the way I saw it, it was in her head. It, it, it you could definitely you it, it, probably it, interpret it, it plays, either way. It plays on yeah. both levels, as you know, especially near the end. It's like I kind of got the the. And I've seen this movie before, but you know, during the move, the course of the movie, you're like, "Is it real? Is it not?" And then, kind of towards the end, it's like, "Oh, yeah, the it guy, is." The it other is guy in her doesn't head. see the the fauna or whatever it is. Yeah. See, I honestly just interpreted that as uh, maybe it's in her head, but it's still real. You know what I mean? Like, it's real to her. Well, like, well, I don't remember what the film is, but there's a story where, like, adults can't see. Like the magical creatures, and only kids can talk to it. I don't know. There's something that I've seen in the past. I have a terrible memory for these types of things. You know that, but that's what I interpreted it as. Yeah, and I think I don't. I don't I mean, know. There's way, probably I, no I, yeah. definitive. Yeah, it's real or no, it's well, real. because like Matt if, said, they, he plays it both ways without giving you a definitive answer. Right. But in in my mind, I took it as this girl in that terrible situation wanting. I mean, looking for some sort of form of escape, and she escapes into the world of these fairy tale books that she's been reading. Also, I forgot what I was going to say. Ah, good. Nice. We should just ask uh, Benicio. <laughs> oh, To boy. see what he, what he uh, meant it as. Yeah. So you, I don't know, so you... Yes. That's why you didn't enjoy it, because you were expecting something else? I mean, uh, to me... I was expecting more of a adventure story. 
and where we yeah. we got that for maybe a fourth of the film, right? And I just I kept expecting like, all right, this is when it happens, and now we're back in the war. All right, and now her mother's. Yeah, but you have to show what's happening outside of the fantasy world to to show why she would be so desperate to escape to the fantasy world. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. And I think it did a good job of, I mean, like the, they were, again, they they mentioned the horrors of the real life and the horrors of this fantasy world. I mean, the real life stuff is really what made the story interesting is because that, that's where all the consequences are. And that's, in real life, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the guerrilla warfare and the this terrible guy that uh, was uh, admittedly kind of a cartoony one note villain, but yes, it was effective for the story. But I, I don't know. I think there's. I think everything about the movie worked for me because it was. It's kind of a like an adult fantasy adventure where there you have the real world that have the real life consequences, and then. You know, like, it's not a happy ending. It's not everything ends well, or, you know, the fairy tale ending where they ride off into the sunset. Like, she dies. Yep. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, I mean, the movie opens with her dying. Yeah. So. so not a spoiler. Also, 13 years old. Also, I forgot about that, that it opened with her dying. Hmm. Forgot about that. The first thing I remember was the car ride. And it's... You can't argue it's a fantastic looking movie. Oh, yeah. Just the the world building that's done, and even the real life stuff, just the way sometimes it looked a little goofy, like the the nighttime moonlit scenes that looked not so natural. The, but I think that was just a deliberate choice to make it look kind of like blend the fantasy and reality a little bit more. The one thing that I that I think stood out to me the most um, as far as, like, art design and set design was the captain's quarters or whatever, when he had, like, the mirror hanging. It felt very much like a, a, a stage. What, and what the heck was that big thing behind him with the big gear? Yeah, like he was it in just the looked, middle of it, a Well, yeah, it looked mill. like a villain's dungeon yeah. lair, which, and, like and I was, said, the, the, the bad guy's kind of cartoony. And I think, from what I've seen, that's a Guillermo del Toro thing, because even... In uh, The Shape of Water, it's even more ridiculous, really? where you've got Michael Shannon being his most Michael Shannon-iest and just being a complete cartoon. Does he have a pencil mustache and he walks around going, nah! <laughs> no, he's about one notch below that. Mm. But yeah, no it, pencil mustache. So, But I can forgive that because of the element, the rest of the elements of the story are this kind of fantasy world, where in these fairy tale stories, you have... The black and white, the good and evil, and that's what's playing out in this girl's reality. Yeah. Yep. Matt, what? Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, Aaron's kind of just hit the nail on the head with it. The, the The whole idea of, you know, you've got this war torn because this happens like kind of near the endish of World War Two, so you've got. Uh, you know, Spain is fascist at this point. They're basically they're, they're like the Spanish equivalent of Nazis that have gone in. And they've taken over this this um, area, and mm-hmm. you've got the rebels that are fighting against them. And that that whole like grim reality juxtaposed with this dark fantasy makes for a really cool duality in this in the story where you've got 
you know, the the you would think that she'd be trying to ex- uh, escape to this like happier place, but due to the circumstances of her reality, the the fantasy that she escapes to is still like dark and dangerous and and menacing, and the whole thing, like especially towards the end where where the fawn kind of just outright says, hey, we need to kill your brother so you can return to this kingdom. Like, you kind of get the feeling that, like, he's not on the up and up, like, even from the start. But that the whole way that the, her reality imposes its its will, basically, on her fantasy is just super interesting and cool, and I like the way that they, 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 they did it. I can't talk. I like the way that they did it. And like I said, it's it's kind of... It's like your typical children's fantasy movie, but then they turn it into an adult version. Like they, they don't hold back with the gore and the yeah, just pure evil of what these guys are doing. And like you said, even like your your little fairies and your your trusty fairy tale partner that's giving you these quests. Like they're not the singing and dancing Disney versions of what you would expect mm-hmm. out of these fantasy worlds. Right. It's like, hey, do these tasks. You could literally be eaten by this eyeball hands guy, whatever his name is. Does what? he have a name in the credits? <laughs> uh, I don't. I think they just call him like the monster or something. I don't. I don't remember. He does not have an actual name. Pale man. Pale man. Good. I think it was the same. I assume that's like that's the only pale man that I would think of. Yeah. Um, but it's played by my boy Doug Jones, who also played Elfano. Hmm. Um, and that that was like the one part of the movie because normally because we all know how I feel about child actors and for the most part I thought this girl did a really good job haven't we had enough examples to I don't know that right that seemed kind of almost yeah I mean how dumb is she right she had one job (laughs) like specifically don't eat anything don't eat anything that monster is a bad guy. And she's like, oh, I'll take a grape for no reason. Yeah. Even though these fairies are telling me. Like begging with well, you not to eat it. I'm just no. going to swat them away and eat no, it anyway. No, I mean, because that's the, that's the part that I've actually found most realistic. Is uh, Yeah, I mean, she's got that. Yeah, that you would expect that out of a child, I suppose. Well, you expect but... that out of a child and, like, she's, even if it's all in her head, like, th- this is her escape. She doesn't want to go back to the real world. There's delicious grapes and right. food, like an entire spread. Like, and that's it goes back to what Matt was saying. Her the horrors of her real life situation are creeping into what's supposed to be her right fantasy fairy tale world. Yeah, I but th- that scene was like from an art direction, from a lighting, from a. I just love that creature design. Oh yeah, and creature and the the, the tension yeah. of that scene, you know, is very effective, and I like it. I just. And I understand that, you know, the plot needed her to do it, but I I just... That's the that's the only reason it happened, because yeah. the plot needed no, it for I, that tension. I, I don't think it needed to happen, but I think that it, it because it happened, it helped with the tension. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there would be like, better ways. Couldn't have been an accidental something or other that triggered him coming after but her. But then it's not or, intentional. Yeah. You know, I... I Honestly, I listened to and a then couple... And why did she draw the chalk door on the ceiling and instead of just <laughs> the wall that be- was right there? Perhaps because uh, he would be able to follow her if it's on the wall. Hmm. Listen, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. 
I'm not I, a I'm just I'm nitpicking. The scene was still fantastic, and it was probably and, the one scene with the most tension. That's yeah. that's the scene that everybody remembers. And, well, yeah. And uh, I was listening to an interview way back in the day with Alfred Hitchcock, and he he said, "I'm going to paraphrase here," <laughs> and I quote. And I quote. <laughs> He he said like sometimes you write in for characters to do st- stupid things to create tension whether it's fake or not but because you want the, like the audience to get invested in it and like if you if you someone's in the theater with you and they're like don't go in there it's, and cuz you know what's on the other side like that's still creating this tension and i think like th- nothing is as stupid as as a lot of the examples that i, sh- I just shared in this film but it's that tension, like he knows that the audience is gonna be like, "Oh no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat that." Don't yeah, eat that. and I get it. Yeah, I'm so, I think it was affected as AF. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, though. To, I mean, what? that's why I don't like slasher movies. Well, because of Aaron doesn't the, like horror movies I don't because like, of no, the no, decision no, no, no. I don't like characters. tension that's created by bad decision making. It kind of takes me out of the movie, and instead of creating you need tension, to have fun for with me, it. I know, but it's hard and, when I'm like, oh. God, really? Well, and like, come on. I feel. I'll be honest. I think sometimes you guys have this, like, you want super intelligent people in all of your films. People are dumb. And this, this people is my child. Dumb. I get that. That might be the 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 smartest thing Mike has ever said. People are dumb. Wait, what? That people are dumb. That? Yeah. No, oh, I thought I was gonna get like. Nope. Nope. That's that's a baby. Everybody take, knows that. Take the compliment, Mike. You're welcome. All right, so let's go through the list of nominations, and in your opinion, what did it deserve and what did it not deserve? Because I already said cinematography was just fine. The The movie looked great, but I don't think there was anything that stood out as, wow, best of the year cinematography. No, I don't think it deserved it. I, I mean, I'm fine with the nomination. And mind you, this is probably at the forefront of combining a lot of CGI and green screen. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, for for a thirteen year old movie, the CGI you could tell where the CGI was, but it blended well with the other elements. Right, and he, he give him credit, Del Toro does do a lot of practical effects for mm-hmm. world building and creature designs, and he did the same thing with Hellboy too. Would they had like that market scene where it's a bunch of these different weird creatures and these elves, and like, he is fantastic at building a world, right? So, but I don't like it. That's where the art direction comes into play. Like the cinematography, the way. Right. I think the cinematography is basically what is captured on film. So, if, like, even if it's a real prop and they're actually able to touch it, you can still film that in ugly ways. And especially if you're going to be blending the background with uh, a, a green screen. Yeah. Like, some, like yeah. I, I think that this, I was supposed to. Um, find some like behind the scenes to see what they did in the film because I bet there's a lot more CGI in here than we realize. Oh, I'm sure. I I think a lot of the color was probably altered digitally oh, definitely. because Without a it's, doubt. it's even like I said the the real life scenes have kind of this fantasy colorful a uh, lot of blues, a lot of oranges lit by firelight that it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a natural light mm-hmm. like you get in movies like The Witch, but it's a natural light that's unnaturally colored. Yeah. Uh, best achievement in art direction. You think it deserves the, the win? Yes. yes. I don't know what it was up against, but I would say yes, it deserves a nomination and probably the win based on 
like we said, the just the world building aspects. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually fine with all of the nominations, because um, you also got best achievement in makeup, which I think the characters yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, best writing, original screenplay. I, I assume does makeup does does all the gore effects fall yeah. into makeup? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. And then uh, achieve, achievement in music written for motion pictures. The music in this movie it. was fantastic. The, the one that they kept going to, the that the the that that tune lullaby, that the woman yeah, hummed, yep, is yep, yep, yep. extremely effective. Yeah, it works. it's so He's about to play some fitty. Oh no! Don't I, eat the grapes. <laughs> I. I, I, I wish he would have played Fiddy instead. Oh of this. my God! Can you imagine that that woman kneeling down next to the dead little girl and she starts to like, do 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 do, instead of humming, and just, yeah. <laughs> she's crying. You talking about when the little girl dies or whatever? Yes. And then and she starts like, humming to her. She closes her eyes and then does oh like the goodness. hand yeah. over the face, like you can't see me. <laughs> But uh, going back to the real music, it was extremely effective. Like, that scene is very sad. Oh, yeah. Don't do it, Mike. No, no, no. I'm, I'm doing a real thing. I hope you are. But anyway, they <laughs> they they use that as kind of like the montage throughout to... And it's super catchy. It gets stuck in your head. It does. It definitely does. Here we go. He's going to play it. Maybe. Maybe. If it's not a joke. Whoa. This? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I love this music. It's so good. It is. It's very good. And like I said, you you have enough invested in the movie, and this little girl was very good throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. So when that does happen, when she dies, it's, I mean, it's supposed to be like this happy moment where she finally does get to escape to her fantasy world, and all is well, and that's where you get your happy ending. Right. But she died. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a bittersweet type of thing. Yeah. So Uh, and and that that really is my my biggest complaint about the movie is that they open up with her dying. So you know how it ends. I yeah. I think that's we've talked about that a lot. Framing the story like that is like any any time they do that and they 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 start at the end of the movie and then they cut to like three weeks earlier. Like, don't, you don't want to talk about tension. Like that's you just, wouldn't. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad storytelling. And especially because of the fairy tale aspect, you would never expect that to be the outcome. Right. And it would have hit hard if you didn't know two hours prior that it was going to happen. So yeah, I wonder if that was an intentional thing because like sometimes when you kill kids in movies, that don't go well. Nah, it doesn't matter. Kill the kids. Mm-hmm. Damn, my man. Yep. <laughs> Damn, my man. I still say that, that Myers should have did that baby in when when, when they're doing that super long take. What? What, you, what is what is this? This this is Fitty. Because you see, it, it was the little girl's birthday. I don't think and, it was. And the fawn was gonna party like it's her birthday. In 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 the club. Oh my goodness. All right. Are we ready to rate it? Sure. Yeah. Let's go for it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go last on this. I'm going to find some music, uh, some rating music. I think I have the perfect song. Oh, boy. Um, can I just go? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is... 
I love this movie. I like it a lot. And I like Guillermo del Toro's older stuff. I'm not like he did that one haunted house movie that I thought was terrible. Which which haunted uh, house movie? Crimson sh- Peak. Oh. I didn't like at I didn't all. see that one. Um I'm just gonna make a sounder because it'd be too hard to find. It's in the middle of a song. Okay, good. <laughs> uh so I give this I'll go eight point two five. Like there's some elements that it it kind of dragged at points. There were we didn't get much. Like I said, the villain is is a, just a one note cartoony bad guy. I would have liked it if it was more of a felt like more of a real character, right? But the movie looks fantastic. The story is extremely engaging. You really feel the consequences of. I mean, it's not a it's not a kids movie. There are a lot of people that die. Because of decisions they make, and I I like that aspect of it. So I eight point two five. I'm I'm very close to that. I'm I'm giving it an eight point five. Um, really, my as I said before, my biggest complaint about the movie is spoiling the fact that she's dead by the end of it, right at the start. That does um, hurt, unless apparently you're Mike and you forgot about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I forgot um, now. Oh. It, I thought you meant no, like halfway it, through the movie, you are yeah. like, oh, shoot, I forgot she died. <gasps> no. Um, but. Holy shit, maybe I did. You know. I don't remember. I don't, I don't agree with Aaron on, you know, the villain, um, because, you know, having read a lot about World War II and, and fascism in general, it is almost a cartoonishly evil... Well, yeah, and I'm sure, yeah, even if that's not the type of person, to do the things that he was ordered to do and to, like, you just basically have to turn yourself into that. I And I, I get it. I just, I felt like we, we should have had a little bit more... I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with the way that he was portrayed. Um, I, I like the whole... You know the way that that they build the the world and the story. Um, I don't like the decision of eating the grapes, <laughs> but it led to a great scene. It did lead to a great scene. That was the scene that was in all the trailers, and that's the mm-hmm. scene that everybody remembers. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to give this an eight point five. It's a fantastic movie. Um, definitely one that you should see if you haven't seen it. I'm lower than you guys. I don't think that comes to a surprise to anyone. I'm at a seven. I like I said I think I think it hurts that I was expecting something different but furthermore I wasn't wowed by the cinematography and that's why I picked it. Yes, I, I agree. And I think that it, had I I gone back and, and looked at some behind the scenes stuff it might change my score a little bit um but I slacked this week. I'll just be straight up honest. And you this know this week these weeks, these past few years of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I. I, well, I get there, there, the when you think Oscar winner for cinematography, you expect a movie that when you watch it, it's immediate. Like, yeah, right. this, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm. When I was in, look, the not theater. everybody is Roger Deakins. Okay, true. Right. There is only one Deeks. True, but, but th- that's what you kind of expect. Is like. Uh, just watching the movie saying, yeah, this is fantastic. Right. And, like, this this guy has done other... Like, this is the winner of, of Best Cinematography. You know? It's, I don't know. It just... It didn't hit the mark quite 100% for me. So, 7, uh, giving it a final score of 7.92, which is a... 
I think it's a B. B, 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 B plus, something like that. B, B plus. I don't know. I don't know. Shane has it's yet a 7. To... 7. out of 10. 9. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> Who knows about the letter grade? It's very simple. Shane could just push print, but as we learned earlier in this show, it's apparently hard to click a button. Yep. It is. Have you ever clicked an extra <laughs> button, Aaron? I don't like any of this. So that's our episode, guys. 7.924 Pan's Labyrinth. And uh, the Spanish name for that is. <coughs> oh, here we go. <coughs> El Labrinto del Fano. Mm-hmm. I think I have a. Future. So are you going to go uh, check out any other foreign language films by Benicio del Toro? You know he's this? not going to do that. Mike doesn't like to read. But it's his boy Benicio directing. <laughs> <laughs> I got exactly what he was doing right away. Uh, I might. I'll see. I'll see what he, my uh, Guillermo stuff. did a good one called "The Devil's Backbone" that I, that was more of a horror. That, yeah, that's a very that good I movie. Really liked. Okay. I've I've seen enough of Guillermo that I think he's not my flavor. You know? uh, his older stuff, like that one, he did one I think was called Kronos that was good. Mike, did you um, ever see Hellboy? No. It was fantastic. Was it? Yes. Hellboy two especially was Hellboy. T- I, I I personally I like the first Hellboy more, but Hellboy two is still really good. Anyway, guys, go to our website, moviereviewcrew.com. You can request a movie right on our homepage. Uh, listener requests for the entire month of March, so get those in as soon as possible so we can pick them. Uh, Matt and Brent, I believe, have the picks coming up next week, so that'd be perfect timing mm-hmm. to cater to them. So they hopefully pick your movie. and 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 I can I can uh, I'll tease. What well, my pick is. Oh, you've already made the decision. You didn't want to even wait for Shane's updated list of listener requests? Well, I mean, wow. uh, Shane did text us a couple days ago that somebody had gone in and requested like six movies. So I'm just going to pick from that because that's the most recent memory that I have. Oh, boy. Uh, so my pick for next week is the very first blockbuster movie Jaws. of all time is Jaws. Jaws. Good. And that's free on Netflix, right? I believe so. Can or Hulu. Mom... I know it's streaming somewhere. So Can my mom come in and review that with us? <laughs> well, she could say, well, it's no Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's no very, Ice Spiders either. <laughs> very, very true. I don't think she likes Ice Spiders that much. Oh. But she does like Lake Placid, which oh, yep. is interesting in mm-hmm. itself. Uh, Anaconda, Lake Placid, Jaws. Those are, those are the, I think, the top movies of hers. Uh, but, like I said, moviereviewcrew.com. Join us on Thursday for a review of uh, Shakespeare in Love. All right, guys? Oh, yes. All right, someone on the show. Tell your friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. You're a qu- sir, I said good day. Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista. This has been the Movie Review Crew Podcast. Remember to find us online on your favorite social media apps and go to our website, moviereviewcrew.com. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.